Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Sunday, April 18th. Welcome to the official podcast of What's Next with Lisa Scott. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. In my opinion, it's the foundation of so much adult growth that we do, and it's about your inner child. And I'm a firm believer that we all have one. Even if you had a great childhood, um, even if you had the worst type of traumatic childhood, we all have an inner child inside of us. And a lot of the key to unlocking growth in your adult life is learning how to love and identify that inner child. So I'm going to talk to you about that today. I'm going to tell you what my theory is on using that, that momentum, that positive momentum of looking back at your childhood and using that to propel you into growth as an adult. But before we get to that, let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's Okay, everybody. So if you were listening to my episode a couple of weeks ago, I talked all about self-care and how the majority of self-care isn't what we tend to see in society. It's not things you do. It's actually how you talk to yourself. It's actually how you soothe yourself and find compassion and kindness for yourself in the hardest of times. And I thought this was a great question to tackle just to kind of bring everything together. And the question is, Hi, Lisa. I loved your podcast about self-care, and I identified with a lot of what you were saying. I think the way I speak to myself in my quietest moments isn't so great. My question to you is, how do I get started with actually changing this? And I think that's a great question. And first of all, it's good that you can recognize that you're not speaking to yourself in a positive manner. Acknowledgement and accountability is really the foundation of a lot of growth. And you guys hear me say and talk about accountability a lot. And that is because you can go to therapy, you can talk to friends, you can listen to my podcast, you can understand the concepts of what you need to do. But until you become accountable to yourself and take responsibility for yourself, it's really hard to implement those things. So Here's what I would tell you. The first thing you need to do is really start to identify when you're speaking negatively to yourself. So maybe it could be, I don't deserve good things, or I look so ugly today, or nothing fits. I can't believe I've gained this much weight, or whatever it is. And I want you to start to identify those things. And when you catch yourself saying them, you call yourself out. So you call yourself out and say, that's not okay to talk to myself this way. So now I need to say something different and reframe this negative thought. So for example, if it's, I've gained so much weight during quarantine and nothing fits and I feel terrible about myself. I can't believe I've done this to myself. All right. So catch yourself. First of all, that's not an okay way to talk to myself. And then how do I reframe this? All right. So I've gained weight during quarantine and I know that that doesn't feel good and I'm worthy of feeling good in my skin. So today I'll do one thing to start to get back on track. I'll start small and do one thing and then I'm going to celebrate that. Okay, we've got this. Go. And so you see, I still held myself accountable for what I wanted to change, but the way I empowered myself to change it was much more supportive and not just like this awful, ugly veil of shame. 
So if you have a hard time calling yourself out and being accountable, here's what I would recommend. Grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, use your phone, whatever it is, and start to tally the amount of times during the day uh, that you're speaking negatively to yourself. And you don't even need to commit to doing anything about it right away. The first thing I want you to start to identify is how often you're actually doing it. Put a tally mark down in the journal and then look at it before bed. You know, and if you've got 10, 11, 12 plus things, even one thing is too much, honestly. But I want that to start to build a pattern in your brain to say, whoa, that's way more than I even thought. And so what mean what that means is that you'll be much more hyper aware of how often you do it. And so then within the coming days, you can start to implement that reframe. All right, that's not an acceptable way to talk to myself. How do I reframe this? And remember, when you start a new pattern, it takes your brain a while to get on board to say, that's a good thing. And we're actually going to talk about that in today's episode, why that is. So I hope that helps. Um, if you guys have questions, email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at what's next with Lisa. And you can listen to the podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Yeah. So check it out. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you have show topic ideas. I want to hear from you. So let's get into today's topic. And it's one that I've actually been thinking about a lot in my personal life, but it's something that I feel like has also been coming up a lot with my private practice clients as well. And I think it's a good time to go back and revisit that inner child that I am really convinced that we all have kind of hiding in our heart. Um, And there's a couple of things that I want you to remember about this. And hear me when I say this. I don't think that it's a good idea to go back and dwell on your childhood or look at your childhood to feel sorry for yourself, um, you know, to stay stuck there or to shame yourself for it. And it doesn't even have to be your childhood, guys. It can just be even an experience last week. I mean, anything that you're shaming yourself for is not a place you want to be stuck. So really, I want you to think about doing this work with the intention of going back to understand where you've been, to respect it, but then appreciate and identify where you need to go, where you get to go. And that's why this work is so important. And when I say I think we all carry an inner child around in our heart, I say that because you have to remember that our brains are wired for survival and connection. So when your brain is developing as a child, you don't have a a big worldview or a lot of experience to understand that a lot of the things you are doing or thinking to stay safe and get your needs met may not be healthy things. As a child, your you know, your brain develops from the back to the front, meaning the back part where all of your emotions are. So that's why kids are so great at just crying when they need to cry, being mad when they need to be mad, because they haven't really learned that emotional regulation yet that we talk about as adults. So If you're growing up in an environment that is, say, dismissive or doesn't talk about feelings or abusive, um, that is shaping the way you develop and see the world. And so with your brain being wired for survival, you have to remember that it's constantly trying to protect you. 
So the point being, the way you got your needs met as a child may have worked for you in the moment to stay safe. So maybe you stayed quiet rather than voicing your opinion. And in your in your childhood, that kept you safe. But in adulthood, that's not working for you because you're holding everything in and not talking about it. Maybe you were the emotional caregiver to your parent. So if you could quote, I'm using air quotes, fix something for them or be their best friend as a child, then you learned that your worth was based on being able to fix things for people, which also doesn't really help you as an adult because then your worth is attached to these external things. And so the biggest thing to recognize is that you as a child did the best you could to get your needs met. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to blame yourself for. I don't even know that there's a lot to blame a lot of parents for. Let me be clear. That's not why I'm doing this podcast because I think most of us have parents that do the best that they can. And I don't know that many parents set up, you know, wake up every day to say, I'm going to I'm gonna mess my kid up today and not teach them how to process emotions or understand their worth and value in the world. Um, And so my goal with this podcast is not to blame your parents. My goal with this podcast is to get you to understand why you developed the way you did and take accountability for it to do better in your adult life so things feel better. And, you know, I think that a lot of that has to do with that self-care piece that I talked about being gentle and kind to yourself. When you are an adult or growing into an adult and you're getting frustrated with yourself for maybe repeated cycles or behavior or like patterns in relationships that aren't working and consciously you think, God, I know better. Why do I keep repeating this behavior? Um, because it's it's really difficult to take a look at yourself and say, I know that I deserve better than this. But if you don't emotionally connect to that, it it's really difficult to change. And I want to be clear that, you know, a lot of times the feeling um, isn't the problem. So if you find yourself in a pattern where, say, you're feeling sad or you're anxious in relationships or you're angry in relationships, maybe you have a tough time committing and that's frustrating you, I would tell you that those feelings typically aren't the issue. I would tell you the habits or the patterns you've built up around those feelings is where the growth lies. So for example, if every time you're angry or sad um, and and you, you feel that feeling and then your habit or your pattern is to shut down and retreat, that's the trouble. So if you feel angry or sad in a relationship, but yet you learn a healthier habit to cope or express your feelings or choose yourself and stand up for yourself, It's still okay to have that feeling, but you're dealing with it in a healthier way. And a lot of times as adults, when we have those feelings of angry, sad, unworthiness, shame, that to me is your inner child jumping up and down in your heart saying, hey, will somebody love me and tell me I'm okay? Will somebody tell me that my emotions matter, my feelings matter, my needs matter? And will somebody tell me that it's okay to show up for myself and be gentle with myself? Because remember, a lot of what we learn as a child is to protect ourselves. So if going inward and retreating or self-sabotaging 
um, relationships are that patterns that you've built around feelings of sadness, fear, frustration, unworthiness, those types of things, you have to remember that that's just your brain saying, hey, when we were five, this totally worked for us. And when you learn how to soothe that inner child that pops up, I mean, always in adulthood, even in my adult life, when I feel kind of backed into a corner or like I've done something wrong or maybe, you know, I've hurt somebody's feelings on accident, I feel terrible. And my my automatic default from childhood was to be kind of the fixer, was to be enough so somebody would choose me, was to be enough so somebody wouldn't leave. Um, And when I feel that now, I take a one or two second pause and I picture my younger self, my little five-year-old self just saying, hey, will somebody just tell me I'm okay and they're not going to leave me? And I give myself that validation and I give myself that love and compassion. So that's the new pattern I've built around those feelings is to say, you are more than enough. You're okay. You're worthy and valuable, a good person. And I truly just picture my younger self because it's really hard to be mad at your five or six-year-old self when you picture your little face. It's really difficult to do that. So that's kind of a trick that I have adopted over the years to build better habits or patterns around my feelings. And you have to remember that um, a lot of these habits and patterns are is your brain's way of protecting yourself, right? Or to get your needs met. And typically we learn those, like I said, in our family unit as a child. So maybe like how we have to be to um, get attention or to be seen or heard or to get approval or validation, all of those really basic human needs that we all yearn and crave for. And we also learn, I think, you know, as a child to kind of hide parts of ourselves or form habits and patterns around detaching from our wants and needs, right? To maybe get approval from somebody else. And so when we find ourselves in this kind of dynamic and you've got to realize that your brain's way of protecting you isn't always right because they they turn into these unhealthy patterns or habits. And when you are repeating patterns and habits that aren't working for you, I want you to start um, to look at the feelings that start first. So is it a feeling of unworthiness? Is it a feeling of grief? Is it a feeling of fear of abandonment? Um, low Disconnecting from your self-worth and abandoning yourself to do and please in order to be validated. These are all things that you can start to give to yourself. And let's call them your uh your protection skill set and that's really what they are but it's really overprotective and not working so when you start to put these other patterns around these feelings that's where you start to grow and also this is where that kindness and compassion that you're probably all sick of hearing me talk about for yourself this is where it starts to live and cuz it's really never about changing your childhood changing your thoughts and feelings because those are all valid. That's your experience and that's how you perceive it. But I think the growth and the magic happens when you change how you relate to your feelings. So you can call them out. 
You can learn to feel them. You can acknowledge them and then choose a different route. And really, that is the foundation of learning about yourself and starting to be proud of yourself, trusting your gut, um, trusting that you're worthy, connecting with yourself. This is the foundation of so much good work. And so if you haven't listened to um, my series on attachments, if you're looking for more information about how we tend to develop our attachment system from childhood, take a peek back um, in my archives. I did a, I think it's a four-part attachment series. And um, that can kind of give you a little bit more insight maybe into why you're doing what you're doing and why you're not choosing yourself and why you're disconnecting from yourself. And I can tell you that a lot of this work stems around relationships because I think a lot of times in our individual lives, we think, well, when I'm alone, I'm okay. When I'm alone, I feel worthy. When I'm alone, I'm strong. It's when I get into a relationship that I start to get anxious and panicky and feel like retreating and self-sabotaging and shutting down. And I can tell you that um, a lot of that has to do with the patterns and ways you got your needs met as a child. And even though, you know, some of us will say, I'm, I'm picking somebody opposite of my dad or my mom because, oh, they were terrible. So I would never marry that person. I'm here to tell you, it's not always that outward behavior that we look for. So when you hear me say, if you're not careful, you oftentimes marry your unfinished business, your unfinished emotional business. I think a lot of times it is the feelings that get um, kind of triggered by these people we meet in our lives that feel like home, that feel like how we were raised. And even when we think we pick like the way far opposite of who raised us, um, it's that default, right? Where your brain says, ooh, hey, this person makes me feel like my dad did. I know how to protect myself and feel safe in this environment. And then you get six months to a year in in the relationship and you think, why aren't I why aren't I happy? This behavior's not okay. Well, that's because when you were five or six, that felt good to get your needs met and you thought that that was the right way to do it. When you're 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, you have much more of an experience and a worldview that can tell you, oh, that doesn't feel good anymore. And so it's really important to remember that even though the person might be opposite from what you grew up with, um, that feeling might be triggered. And remember, your brain's always looking to help you survive and um, always looking to help you be safe. And so sometimes, um, you know, it's the feeling or like that, that subconscious feeling that we're attracted to for some reason. And you have to remember that it's a very subconscious thing because even though consciously you can call that out and say, no, why would I ever want to be with somebody that makes me afraid that they're going to leave all the time? That's how my dad was. But your brain kicks in when you find that person and says, ooh, ooh, hey, we know how to keep ourselves safe. And why your brain's doing that is because you haven't done the work around your family dynamics to understand what you learned and what's okay and what's not. So you can start creating different um, different patterns around those feelings. And so that was a lot of information. However, I want to give you 
some tips and tricks, if you will, to start this work. And I'm going to tell you right now, just as my little disclaimer, just as a reminder, this podcast does not take the place of therapy. This is this inner child work is something that you can spend multiple, multiple sessions on getting to the root of why you do the things you do as an adult, what's not working and how you can change those patterns around it. So don't ever be afraid to reach out to get to take a more in-depth look at yourself. It's it's okay to want to do that. And I want to be clear too, it doesn't mean you had bad parents. It just means that maybe, you know, gosh, maybe you grew up in a house where you didn't talk about feelings a lot, right? And everybody was just kind of tough and you sucked it up and did your own thing, which isn't a bad thing. But you have to remember as a child, you relate differently to that than you do as an adult. So if like emotions and issues were avoided and you just kind of like, um, you know, sucked it up and moved on, then it may feel like um, you want to pick somebody that's like deals with everything, confronts things, talks a lot, right? And they're they're kind of highly emotional and they're comfortable with that. However, what you have to remember is that just because the behavior might be different, the dynamics might make you feel the same, which is kind of invisible and not seen. And like you can't speak your truth because this person's always talking, 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 which remember your brain says, Ooh, I know how to fix myself in this situation. So, you know, that being said, don't be afraid to reach out to a therapist. Don't be afraid to really take an in-depth look at what's working for you and what's not. It's, it's never too late. So now what I think um, I want to do is just give you some things you can kind of think about and work on at home. And this is something that I typically recommend to my private practice clients. This is something I have done in my own life. And I cannot tell you the amount of healing that happened in this moment. And yeah, does it bring up some pain and sadness and cause you to have a really good ugly cry? Yeah, nine times out of 10, yes. However, I want you to remember that this is healing and this is letting go and using some healing and looking back for positive momentum. Positive momentum to propel you into a healthier stage of patterns and coping in your life. And what I'm going to tell you is that it's so important to look back at your family dynamics and take a look at how they processed emotions, how they how they related to you with those emotions. Did they validate you? Did you feel safe? Were your parents absent a lot? Were you the emotional caregiver for one parent where you learned that taking care of and and just, you know, picking up kind of their slack made you worthy and made you valid. That could mean that you're getting your self-worth from external things today. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, the post I just put up says that we don't look back to stay there. We look back to respect where we've been and appreciate where we're going. And so what I want you to think about, I want you to pick an age. Um, And that's different for everybody. But I want you to pick an age where you can kind of pinpoint and identify that things that you can identify now as an adult, that things didn't really feel great, uh, maybe as a child, or an age where you started to identify maybe that 
you know, you couldn't talk about your feelings or maybe where the chaos, if you lived in a chaotic home, was heightened, um, things like that. And I want you to pick an age and I want you to picture yourself at that age. And that age is going to be different um, for everybody. Um, you know, when I did it for my work, I one of my first memories is when I was around five or six. And my dad was... Um, in and out, let's say. And I can remember always just wanting to be with him, wanting to be loved by him um, and waiting for him to come pick me up and never showing up. And so I always thought, well, if I tried harder, you know, he would show up. If I was enough, he'd show up. And that didn't do my self-worth really any good at all because I learned that excuse me if I did enough if I said enough if I was all the right things then people would pick me and I disconnected from my worth um, in a sense that it was all about what I thought other people wanted and it took me a long time and a lot of you know unhealthy relationships and and unhealthy things to realize that that wasn't working for me and that my worth was innate And I was worthy of more than my dad gave me. Um, And it was hard for me to come to terms with as well. And, you know, some of that stuff served me well. I was a great athlete in high school. And I did it, yeah, because I loved it. But I also did it for kind of that, you know, external validation. And, um, you know, I didn't really see, I, I honestly didn't really start to see the effects of it until I was probably in my 20s. And the effects of my self-worth and some of the choices I was making, it just didn't add up for the person who I thought I was consciously. So um, just to give you a little bit of window into my experience. So yeah, I mean, I was, I picked five years old and I pictured myself as a little person, vulnerable and innocent and just wanting to be loved. And Um, what I did is I, I dedicated some time and space and here's what I want you to do. I want you to dedicate some time and space, um, where you can sit down and I want you to write a letter to the younger version of yourself and I want you to give them the, all the love and worth and support that they deserved as a child. I want you to love your younger self the way you should have been loved as a child, knowing what you know now as an adult. And that can be a really painful experience because it's sad to think about your little face, you know? It's sad to think about your little face not getting maybe everything they needed as a child. And knowing what you know now about what's not working and what could be better I want you to write them a love letter and tell them that you're sorry they didn't get what they were worthy of, but they are lovable and valuable and worthy and they were born worthy. And I want you to look back and start to heal and love that inner child. And here's the thing. I don't want you to do it, to resolve it and forget about it and just move forward. Um, I don't know that that's realistic. And um, I say that because... What I really want you to do is understand that this inner child and these patterns that you've built around your feelings, they've kind of stuck with you for a while. And every time in your adult life you feel shameful, um, unworthy, sad, frustrated with somebody else, I want you to think 
okay, that's my inner child jumping up and down saying, hey, someone tell me I'm lovable and worthy. And so then you get a choice. You empower yourself in your adult life to make a choice to continue negative bad habits surrounding those feelings or taking a breath and saying, you are lovable, you are worthy. So we write this letter and we go back to learn how to love yourself, to learn how to soothe yourself and to give you that foundation of love and support and worth that you should have gotten as a child, to give you that validation that your wants and needs matter, to give you that validation that you don't need to do everything for somebody to be loved. And that's when you start to catch yourself in these patterns of negative talk, negative speak, not great self-care, And when I said, when I answered the listener's question about reframing that to something positive, you know, that I want you to use that as a driver to reframe that into something positive. So for example, um, when you say, oh, I've gained so much weight and I'm fat and I can't believe I did this to myself, I want you to think, all right, that's a negative habit I've formed around not feeling good enough. Maybe it started in childhood. Maybe it started when you were 25. I don't know. Either way, it's a younger version of yourself needing love and support. So what I want you to do is to reframe that and give yourself the love you should have had. To remember that you're worthy. You're going to get there. You can hold yourself accountable still in a loving, supportive way. But you've got to start to lead with kindness and compassion for every version of yourself. You've got to look back and say, oh, God, I feel bad for the younger version of me that behaved that way. I feel bad that that's how she felt. He or she felt like they needed to get their needs met. Maybe in your 20s or 30s or 40s. I don't know. This doesn't all have to be when you were 5, 6, you know, 10, 11. And I want you to look back on every previous version of yourself with compassion, knowing that you did the best you could at the time. You did the best you could with the skills you had. And were they the skills maybe that you wanted to have or that now the the current version of you can look back and say, oh, that was terrible? No. However, you still were worthy of love and support. You still were worthy of people in your life that could show up for you, mainly you, choosing you and connecting to yourself, finding your way back to yourself and connecting with you. Don't live and exist in a veil of shame. It's heavy, my friends. Look back and if that feeling is shame that you feel for a younger version of yourself, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and then find compassion for that version of you. That's where the healing starts. That's where positive patterns start. You are so worth it. Okay, guys, if you've got questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. Thanks for listening. And remember, today is a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.